0: Welcome to Hub & Flow, a podcast produced by Natural Gas Intelligence. On a mission to provide transparency to the natural gas market, Hub & Flow focuses on key fundamentals driving the price of natural gas and LNG in the United States, Canada, and Mexico. Natural Gas Intelligence, or NGI, is a subscription-based price reporting agency, which means we provide trusted and independent natural gas pricing and news for the North American market. Hi,
1: this is Matthew Visay, Associate Editor with Natural Gas Intelligence, a natural gas and LNG news and price reporting agency focused on North America. Thanks for joining us for another episode of NGI's Hub and Flow podcast. Now, anyone with at least a passing knowledge of producing natural gas and oil from shale formations knows that hydraulic fracturing is an important step in bringing these wells into production. Now, today we're going to talk to Matt Johnson, president and CEO of Houston-based Primary Vision, which tracks the number of hydraulic fracturing fleets as a gauge of oil and gas industry health. Matt is often my go-to guy when I'm working on articles dealing with fracking. And he recently told me his company's been investigating another well-established technique for stimulating oil and gas production, refracturing wells or refracts. We'll get into that into the details of this potential alternative to hydraulic fracturing in a moment. But first, welcome, Matt, and thanks for joining us.
2: Thanks, Matt. Thanks for the nice introduction. Appreciate uh, Natural Gas Intelligence and our relationship we've had over the years. Uh, excited to kind of talk a little bit about refracs and where the market stands and where is it going and all those stuff. So, uh, ready to go, man. Whenever you are.
1: Okay, well, um, first off, um, could you just briefly explain what a refract is and when the technique is used? Great question. So, refracts are uh, designed to recover
2: stranded hydrocarbons from wells that were previously stimulated. Basically, in a nutshell, a refract is an event that's usually a part of the completion horizon or completion program, where they're going to go into the well and they're going to raise uplift. This is often confused with a workover, a recompletion, etc. cetera. The refrac is generally a secondary hydraulic fracture where we basically go in with a new set of consumables, a basic pressure pumping team, oil field service company, and goes out there and re-stimulates the well with the ultimate goal of raising uplift keeping costs down, and having a return on their investment to ultimately lower the cost of each barrel that is
1: produced. Okay. Now, in in the public eye, there's been controversy pretty much almost since day one of the shale revolution surrounding hydraulic fracturing. Some elected officials have responded by banning the practice or at least trying to do so, Could refracts bypass much of this controversy and and, and why? Yeah, I think that this is one of the things we're trying to push here. And
2: I don't have an engineering degree. I come from a background in marketing and a background in understanding industries. And I've I've worked in a lot of different industries over the years and kind of have these inputs and outputs that I've been able to kind of relate to over the years, which is how we created the Frax spread count, which is why we're talking about refracts today always trying to look for ways to improve a business. And one of the things that's really interesting about refracs is in the event that, you know, there's a whole process involved, right, from, you know, originally stimulating a well. You have to acquire the land. You have to get the drilling team ready. You have to drill the well. You then have a duck, which is a drilled yet uncompleted well. And then you set it up to actually hydraulically fracture it. Well, with a refrac, you've done essentially all, 75% of the work already, right? You've acquired the land, you've brought the drilling team out, you've established roads and all sorts of infrastructure for you to be able to go and handle and maintain that well pad throughout the life of its production. And what a refrac is, great about a refrac is there could be certain states and counties that, you know, through compliance regulation, just may eliminate drilling altogether. However, with the established, quote-unquote, holes in the ground or wells, you still have the possibility to improve uplift through mechanical or chemical isolation or potentially through various techniques that haven't even been thought of yet that would fall under the refract moniker. So really what's exciting for us is that we kind of joke about it and say, you know, if Biden or the White House chose to ban fracking... They never could be refracking because there'll just always be the possibility there to continue to explore all of the options that will be available now and potentially in the future to raise uplift from a producing well.
1: Okay, and um, one, one thing I'd want to add: um, Are there any? Have you identified any uh, particular shale basins that maybe this would really look like an attractive option for uh, operators? we have actually and you know the
2: techniques that we're kind of looking for are very specific they have to do with cluster spacing and well bore integrity and we're working very closely with a firm called integrated energy services uh the ceo there's bob barba he's been involved in hydraulic fracturing since he was a child (laughs) in a lot of ways (laughs) he understands these relationships between parent and child wells and what we've found is it particularly seems that the Eagleford and the Hansville are prime targets, uh, particularly because of the rock, the integrity of the geological formation, but also the ways of the porosity of the of the rock. And it, again, I'm not going to jump in here and say that I'm a chemical engineer, petroleum engineer here, Matt. You know, it's mostly right. my knowledge is still learning, and I'm learning every day about this. And mm-hmm. Bob is mostly looked at the you know the rock itself and it seems like eagleford and hansville you know traditionally eh, eagleford's probably 60 40 gas to oil splits but hansville traditionally more gassy formation uh, would really benefit from these techniques because of the integrity of the rock because of the well testing that's been done because of the spacing And what we call vintage wells, which were wells that were basically drilled and fracked prior to 2018. So, a lot of these opportunities exist in the southeast parts of Texas and Louisiana. However, we are exploring other basins. The Appalachian market seems to be really ripe for the opportunity, particularly with similar circumstances that I'm talking to you about here, as well as the Permian Basin, which seems to have the most opportunity because it's the most prolific, obviously, basin in the world. But there seems to be some issues with parent and child wells that we're, again, further investigating. I say this quote, and without saying the operator's name, they said to us about three weeks ago, they said, you know, we think that there's a lot of opportunities for refrax in the Permian. We agree with you. And we believe that there's almost a 1,000 refrax that we can do in our own portfolio. So now it's that... Stage where we're looking to create discovery, share information, evaluate the conditions, analyze the conditions before they get into the execution phase. So, really, right now we're saying South Texas, and conversely, Matt, it appears that this is going to be very difficult to do up in the Bakken. A lot to do with uh, the newness of the wells, the again the integrity, the rock formation. Uh, However, that doesn't mean that. There's not an opportunity for refracts there. I just think that the mechanical and chemical isolations at this point really seem to be focused around Southeast Texas, Haynesville, Eagleford, Appalachian Market as well, and then uh, we'll continue to move it into the more oily basins as we get more information and share more information with operators over the next year or so.
1: Okay. Okay. Now, you've sort of outlined some of the cost savings that could that, could, uh, that an operator could realize with, with refracts, mainly that a lot of the hydraulic fracturing operations have already been done are there any other benefits anything like say from an environmental standpoint
2: yeah this is what we're trying to push as well right so you don't have all of this new infrastructure that needs to be built you don't have the drilling rig and you know the cost savings that comes from that and also the co2 discharge right so you really can kind of limit that. One thing that originally a lot of these refracts were done with a lower set of horsepower. That seems to not necessarily be this the, the case now. You know, since we're kind of lowering the diameter of the casing, there's gonna be a, a new level of pressure, right? And as a result, we're gonna need a little bit more horsepower. But you know, as we move into these more electrified fleets spreads we're going to see uh, the potential cost savings maybe even double or triple, particularly on the fuel cost side. Our Eagle well Wells study we did, which represented about 58 wells, highlighted a P50 rate of return of over 100%. So it's not only, like you said, Matt, the money to, you know, that's able to be made that's trapped in this rock. It is the possibility of lowering the CO2 and considering that We already have hundreds of thousands of opportunities in the United States to raise uplift, and we need to consider that, and we need to make this a part of the next chapter in oil and gas over the next 30, 40, 50 years, is how do we attack the wells that exist and improve them? And this is definitely, we believe, one of those things that over the next five to 10 years will become more normal with a lot of the positives that we've mentioned from rate of return and recovering stranded reserves, but also that, you know, obviously just refracting a well utilizes so much less CO2. And this is something that we want to bring to the government and the compliance regulatory side as well.
1: Okay, okay. Now, when, or kind of stepping back a bit, just to kind of uh, retire a little primer, I guess, on on refracts. When are they the better alternative for boosting production and what are their limitations?
2: You know, so this is where this gets it a little bit more technical and I can give you some more general responses to this, but I'll kind of give you a few things that are really kind of big about refracts and then kind of hopefully answer your question, whether it's indirectly, right? Obviously, you have oil demand in rise, worldwide right so you know depending on who you talk to the iea demand is definitely down right now we have a lot of things going on in our economy globally that we're on uh, the backstory here of covid that it's really going to be an interesting world we're going to live in this next one to two years and you know, weather demand still continues to decrease. We do believe that will be temporary on the global side as we look into 2023 and emerging markets are going to need oil, right? So, really, refracts need to be considered as part of a completion program. It's the rates of return, it's the protection of your child wells, it's recovering those stranded reserves. It's that geological risk, right, protecting parent wells and using child wells to benefit the uplift. Understanding the condensate yield, that's like a big thing. And I don't want to go into that today, Matt, but really that's one thing of the economics of it really make a lot of sense because it's a major risk factor for new wells to consider that variable condensate yield. But, you know, refracts require less of everything, right, from the supply chain, the tubing, the pumps, everything. Everything is less, and this is where we're saying makes it a little bit more sustainable, right? That smaller carbon footprint, you know, just one drilling rig alone can use up to 40,000 gallons of diesel, right? And just, you know, removing that cost. The de-risk of mechanical isolation issues, that's a big one. The borehole doesn't have any mechanical problems. The success rate is close to 100%. So, and then, like, we, we kind of point this out, this money for nothing thing that we call it here, which is, you know, if the process is cont- consistently economically successful, this is going to be what we consider a reliable technology, right? And this isn't just coming from us, Matt. This is the Society of Petroleum Engineers who – they're coming out and they're saying this too. But, you know, when you say something and say from a technical aspect and you put it in a book and it becomes a piece of education – That doesn't necessarily translate to the commercial world, right? Right. So this is what we're trying to do, go out there and encourage the sharing of information, encourage the sharing of this kind of consortium move which we're looking into, and then to better understand that, you know, how can we do this better, and how do we inspire uh, innovation in our space to bring more players to the table, bring more venture capital to the table, and You know, create a basic safe space, uh, for lack of a better word, for oil field services operators, completions engineers alike, to continue to practice and test and improve refracts from all points of it. Right from what can we do next? How can we test next? And
1: yes, I mean it's it's it sounds to me like basically there just needs to be a bigger a broader national conversation about refracts and kind of their role in terms of energy security and insulating different sectors of the economy, particularly oil and gas players from uh, price volatility. Well, some very interesting points you brought up, Matt, but unfortunately, we'll need to leave it there for now. Uh, We've been chatting with Matt Johnson, president and CEO of Primary Vision. Thank you, Matt, for taking the time to share your insights with us. And to those of you out there listening, you can learn more about natural gas and LNG prices at NGI's website, www.naturalgasintel.com. This is NGI Associate Editor Matthew Visay signing off. Thank you for listening.
0: Dependable data drives informed business decisions. Trust NGI to provide your natural gas and LNG data for North America. If your business requires daily, weekly, or midweek pricing data, forward curves, or flow data... NGI has a reliable product suite to support you. Visit natgasintel.com backslash services to understand what we have to offer and how we can help you and your business today. Thank you for listening to NGI's Hub & Flow podcast today. We encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it, And please do share it with your colleagues. A trusted provider of natural gas news, data, and pricing information for North America, NGI offers subscription-based products. Please visit natgasintel.com if you are interested in NGI and our services. If you would like to dive deeper into this subject, additional resources are available on our website as well. Just visit natgasintel.com and click on the resources tab to find the podcast page.